This class is part of the Lessons in Tanya project. More classes available at LessonsInTanya.com. Major funding for this Tanya class is provided by the Mettel Corporation. Additional funding is provided by Tanya students like you. Lessons in Tanya. The Tanya of Rabbi Schneir Zalman of Liadi. Taught by Rabbi Ben Zion Krasniansky. Tanya's text elucidated by Rabbi Yosef Weinberg. And he's uh, detailing the ten faculties of the Neshama, the godly soul, which is exclusively dedicated to Hashem. Last week we learned about the attribute of Chesved and the attribute of Gevura, and now he's going to explain the emotion of Tiferes, of beauty. Likewise, by exercising the attribute of Tiferet, beauty, a man seeks to glorify Hashem in his Torah, in all ways possible, such as by possessing a beautiful Sefer Torah, beautiful Tefillin, and the like. So beauty is you want to, you want to beautify it. You want you look at the, you focus on the beauty of it. You want it to be beautiful. So you do the mitzvahs also. Every mitzvah has to be beautiful, has to be perfect, has to be, you know, special. We can have a very functional home. But then there's decorating the home, making it beautiful, you know, like really, you know, feeling at home, settling in, and really, so it's, it's a whole different attribute, it's a whole different quality. Everything has to be perfect, has to be beautiful, has to be, every thought is given to every detail. And the combination, you look at it, you see, wow, this is beautiful, this is special. I mean, someone really put their neshama into it so don't really put their soul into it like you know it's a mixture like we learned in the other letter the mixture of two colors and together and it's it's, it's, it's what comes out is something very 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 special so that's the, to beautify Hashem is to beautify his Torah and to beautify his mitzvahs and to cleave to his praises by praising Hashem with all the faculties of his soul to cleave to his praises when you see the seven wonders of the world when you're standing in the Agra Falls you just, you just, it's breathtaking you just drink in the beauty you just step back and just so it's one thing when you understand godliness let's say you, you reflect on godliness and you understand it and then you just step back and just see the beauty the, the intricacy and, the, and you just want to praise Hashem you know, you want to sing his praises and sing how beautiful it is and, and you want to sing it to others you want to praise Hashem to others you want others to praise Hashem you know it's not enough that you get it and you understand it but you, it's so beautiful that you want everyone to see it and you want everyone to so you start publicizing and praising uh, with every fiber of your being and every bone in your body every part of you is swept away, you know, when you, when, you, when you see something beautiful, it dazzles you, it's all engaging, you're like, you're just like mesmerized. So you, you want to be mesmerized by Hashem, it's more than just understanding, 
understanding, you could be detached. I am observing. I'm detached. I'm observing. When you're watching something beautiful, you lose your detachment. You lose your objectivity. You, you, just, you just are absorbed by it. You just become completely, you forget about yourself. You just completely are absorbed. That's why he says, Ledovka, you become absorbed. You cleave to Hashem. You become absorbed by the dazzling beauty. And it just absorbs every part of you. You just completely forget about yourself. You become completely egoless and just see and focus on the beauty of Hashem, the dazzling beauty of Hashem. That is by intellectual and thoughtful meditation on the greatness of Hashem which blossoms into the singing of his praises. And likewise, when he speaks, his praises are not empty words, but grow out of his preparatory meditation. Praising Hashem with all the faculties of his soul thus means that the worshiper utilizes his intellect and emotions as well as all three garments of his soul, i.e. the soul's media of self-expression, thought, speech, and action. The speech constitutes mini-action. Alternatively, praising Hashem with all the faculties of the soul may mean all those aspects of the soul that relate to praise, i.e. intellect, thought, and speech. Beauty is special. Beauty is extraordinary. That's why beauty touches us in a very, very deep place, a very profound place. People pay, I think the top painting was sold for $250 million dollars. Beauty touches us in a very, very deep place. It's beyond just understanding and comprehending. It's, it's, you realize how special Hashem is. And it touches you and you, therefore you, it absorbs you and it engages you and it excites you and it inspires you. And, and, and you talk about it and you think about it and you want to praise Hashem. You want to praise it to yourself and praise it to others. So this is the faculty, the ability of beauty. It's an ability to appreciate beauty. Build museums for beauty, for art, for paintings, for, for those who capture beauty in life. The ability of beauty in the godly soul is exclusively focused on Hashem. Focus on the beauty of Hashem. And be absorbed by it, excited, inspired by it, and to praise Hashem. Likewise, by exercising the attribute of Netzach, a man seeks to prevail triumphantly against anything that would restrain him from the service of Hashem and from cleaving unto him. The ability to overcome, to win, to overcome any opposition from within, anything internally that doesn't allow us to serve Hashem, so we overcome it. This is more applicable to, to the practical. You can have a person who's filled with love, but he doesn't have the practical ability to implement. He would love to. But the moment there's a difficulty, he's out of the picture. The ability to overcome is you make a decision. And even a person who maybe is hard is not so inflamed like the other person. But whatever love he has, nothing is going to stop him. He's going to overcome any obstacle. He's going to make it happen. This is the competitiveness, the ability to win, the ability to succeed, the ability, the ambition, the ability to make things happen, the ability to implement it, the ability to take whatever is in your heart and to carry it out, to overcome any obstacle. So first he starts out, any obstacle from within that doesn't allow me to serve Hashem, I make that resolution. 
that ambition that I'm going to overcome any opposition, I'm going to implement my decision and my love, whatever's going on inside, I'm going to implement it and serve Hashem. Nothing is going to stop me. And against, continue. And against anything that would restrain the state of revelation in which the entire earth is filled with the glory of Hashem. Like the wars of Hashem fought by King David, peace to him, which derived from his attribute of Netzach. His intent is not to change the enemy, overcome the enemy. It's not about the enemy. It's about me. My resolution. I have a strong resolution that I'm going to implement. My desire to implement my love. I have a love for Hashem. I'm going to implement it. And nothing is going to stand in my way. I'll overcome mountains. I'll overcome hurdles. Like a bulldozer. I'm going to make it happen. Nothing within is going to stop me. None of my own shortcomings and my own fears or hesitations or limitations. I'm not going to allow that to stop me. And nothing external, I'm not going to allow anything external to stop me. To implement this vision that I have to make this world into a godly place that the honor of Hashem, the glory of Hashem should be should manifest. So David had to fight enemies. It's not about the enemy. I'm here to serve Hashem and to fill the world with the glory of Hashem. Anything stands in my way, <laughs> you better, we better get out of the way. Because... The locomotive, the, I'm just going to rail right through you. Nothing, I'm not going to let anything stop. So this is the attribute of nitzachan, the attribute of competitiveness, ambition, to win, to implement, to make things happen. There are people who are filled with ideas, and people who are filled with love, but they can't make it happen. They just don't have, this attribute of netzach is not sharp by them. But this attribute, those who are fully developed, the attribute of netzach, Nothing stands in the way, and they're able to bulldoze their way through any opposition to implement whatever desire they have inside to make it happen. Um, does this apply to the material world as well? well I mean, uh, in yes. other words, yes. predominantly, I mean, that the, the panemius is what you seem to be emphasizing here. But well, that's what we learned. The, f- the middle of the letter was all about the uh, world. He talked about the attribute of Netzach, the way it was, the way it is in every human being. Every human being is made up of these ten faculties. And that's what he described at great length, this idea. Now, in the end of the letter, he's coming to the godly soul. By the godly soul, all of these attributes are exclusively focused on godliness. So, So the attribute of Netzach, which naturally is about in life, just being competitive, just being ambitious, just being making victorious. Impl- implement victorious and to win and to succeed and to make things happen. Here in the godly soul, it's exclusively focused on Hashem. It's focused on making Hashem happen and making the glory of Hashem revealed and implementing the glory of Hashem. Likewise, by exercising the attribute of code which implies self-abnegation um, and acknowledging the transcendence of that which defies his mortal understanding. A man seeks to prostrate himself and to self-effacingly praise God. Hoid is the idea of, like I admit, two people having an argument and one person wins the argument, the other person admits. Now. What does it mean when you admit that the other person is right? If you become convinced 
the other person convinced you and it becomes your position, then you know, you're not admitting you, you, that becomes your position. You've changed your mind. And, you know, we do it all the time. I see, the, I see and I, I was wrong or I come to a deeper understanding and now this becomes my opinion. Admitting means I don't fully understand. I know that you're right, but it's completely foreign to my whole orientation. It's not me. I, it's, I haven't internalized it yet. I don't fully understand it yet, but I just sense that you're right. So I submit myself. I bow down to you. I submit myself to you. I admit. I bow down to you. I submit myself. You're, you're superior. I'm not there yet. It's not my opinion. It's your opinion. I'm submitting, subjugating myself to you. I'm humbling myself and I'm submitting myself to you, to your superiority. That your understanding is superior to mine. I'm not there yet. And I'm submitting myself, I'm subjugating myself. In full humility, I'm, sub, I'm sublimating myself. So it's, it's, it's total humility. I'm sublimating myself that you are superior and you are, going, you are teaching me and I'm submitting to your understanding which is superior to my understanding even though I don't understand it, but I'm admitting that you're right. So this is the idea of Haida. Haida. That's why Haidah, no sense from the person's part, is like external. I'm bowing my head. I'm submitting. I'm subjugating myself. I'm humbling myself. But it's not the internal processing. There is no internal processing yet. I don't fully comprehend. I don't fully feel it. But I just know that this is the correct, that you are right and I'm wrong. And therefore, I humbly bow my head, submit myself to your superiority and to your superior understanding. So that's the idea in the case of the godly soul, before we're discussing in the natural soul, every human being here is discussing exclusively how this attribute expresses itself in the godly soul, which is exclusively focused on Hashem. That's when the Jew submits to Hashem. We start out the morning, the first thing we say is, we admit. We start the davening, we admit to Hashem. We bow our head. What's the idea of bowing our head? Because we are submitting ourselves to Hashem. Hashem, your <coughs> understanding of reality, your perspective of reality is superior, is the true perspective of reality, from the inside out. Our perspective of reality is from the outside in. So although we cannot comprehend Hashem's inner perspective, true perspective, we haven't internalized it yet, but we know enough to know and to sense that Hashem's reality is superior than our... Hashem's perspective is a little superior than our perspective. So we acknowledge and we submit and we submit, we submit ourselves and we humbly bow our head and say, Hashem, we admit to you. Yes, I'm bowing down to you. I'm worshipping you. I'm bowing down to you. You're greater than me. Your understanding is greater than mine and I, I bow down to your understanding. I'm humbling myself and, receiving and accepting your understanding over my understanding. It's not me. I don't understand it. I haven't internalized it. I can't truly comprehend it. But I acknowledge, I have at least honesty and integrity to acknowledge that your truth is greater than my truth. And therefore, I will bow down and follow your truth and not my truth. That's the attribute of Hidot. a very profound attribute. A lot of humility, a lot of self-restraint, 
And it's really, the focus is not on me, the focus is really on the other person. The opposite of Netzach. Netzach, like Chesed, like Chachmo, we discussed the last time, is an, attri- is an expression of me. I'm like a bulldozer. Nothing is going to stop me. I've made up my mind. I'm stubborn. Nothing is going to stop me. I'm just going to make sure it happens. And whatever's in the way, you better watch out. So it's about me. It's not about, I'm not here to fight. The Rishoyim. I'm not here. David Amel is not here to fight the Rishoyim, the wicked ones. He was here to fill the world with the glory of Hashem. And nothing is going to stand in his way. Haidah, admission is really all about you, not about me. Because I'm not there yet. I don't understand it. I haven't internalized it yet. I don't appreciate it. I don't comprehend it. But I know enough. I have enough integrity and enough honesty to appreciate when I see something superior to me. To appreciate it, to bow humbly and say, I bow my opinion to your opinion. I bow down. I humbly submit myself. I subjugate myself. And I adopt your opinion over my opinion. That's the idea of Haidah. I'm submitting myself to Hashem, which is very profound, very powerful, very genuine. It takes a lot of courage, a lot of strength, a lot of inner strength, and humility. To restrain yourself and to submit to something superior to you. To acknowledge that there's something superior to you. And to humble humbly accept that ability of humility humbling yourself admission admitting that you're wrong and Hashem is right because we have an argument as he's going to explain what is the argument very serious argument in us and Hashem the argument is we say that we exist that's how we feel at least our existence feels very solid very real Hashem says, no, you don't exist. (laughs) Not really. I mean, you exist because I'm creating you. You only exist because I'm creating you and I'm creating you for a purpose. That's that's about the extent of your existence. You only exist when you acknowledge that you exist because I'm creating you and you exist for a reason and for a purpose, for a godly purpose, as an expression of godliness. But you do not exist as an independent Reality is an independent existence. That's false. So even though our side of the argument feels very comfortable to us and feels pretty solid, we take our existence for granted, feels natural, but we acknowledge, we humble ourselves, and we acknowledge, we submit ourselves to Hashem, you're right and we're wrong. We don't truly accept we won't take our egos so seriously, won't take ourselves so seriously, our egos so seriously, won't take ourselves for granted. And we'll acknowledge that Hashem's truth is the ultimate truth and the real truth, and even our truth. And we submit ourselves to that truth. And we accept that truth. And we acknowledge that truth. And we embrace the truth. We embrace the truth even though we can't honestly say it's my truth because (laughs) my ego feels very, very comfortable and very natural. But I know that Hashem's truth is the superior truth and the ultimate truth and therefore I bow down and I will live according to Hashem's truth, not my truth. This ability of humility, this ability of 
subjugation, of submitting yourself, of bowing down, of acknowledging it. This is a tremendous quality. Because whoever does not bow down, by maidim, whoever does not bow down will not merit to see, to be part of the resurrection. Because this is the minimum that a person needs in order to have a connection to godliness. Even if your mind doesn't comprehend and your heart doesn't feel. But at least you have to have some integrity, some honesty. When you're confronted and face truth, you can bow down to truth, be humbled by it, submit to the truth, subjugate yourself to the truth, and act accordingly. A person who doesn't have this quality of haidah, of hoid, it's like missing, then you don't, you don't even have uh, the entrance, the gateway to, to, to enter into godliness, holiness. This is the, the minimum the requirement. At least have the sense of recognizing truth, seeing truth, acknowledging truth. Bowing down before. Yes, worshipping, bowing down before truth. Something superior to you. If you think nothing is superior to you, and your mind becomes, you become your own truth, you become your own guiding light, you become God. Society today is coordinated, everyone has coordinated themselves as their own gods. This is, this is a worse form of paganism, it's a worse form of, it shuts down the soul shuts down the mind shuts down the heart shuts down everything blocks puts your finger in front of your eye and suddenly you can't see anything you can't acknowledge anything you can't see anything you can't see past the tip of your own nose but you can you can get there through either intellect or faith well intellect well haidah is the ultimate expression of faith intellect if you understand it intellectually, then you don't need haidah, you don't need to admit. Then I, I'm not bowing down. I understand it. This becomes my position. Haidah is, and that's where you need faith. It's the ultimate expression of faith. Things that I can't understand. Things that are beyond my understanding. But I admit, that's faith. Haid is reaches into faith. It's the ultimate expression. It's a very deep expression of faith. That you're bowing down before Hashem. You're admitting that Hashem is superior and Hashem's perspective is superior and I at least sense that truth even though I can't appreciate it fully. See, but that's my point because as a Baal Shuva, the whole secular world is based on this idea that's, not, that's against absolute truth. It's this relative truth. Right. So, I mean, from my own personal experience, it's, it's only after I learned quite a bit that I was able to accept what's an absolute truth. What, and, and once I was able to accept absolute truth, then you take that leap and say then it's all, it, it, it's absolute truth and therefore I bow down to it. However, but there'll be a point where you'll still doubt. Yeah, well, you know, okay. so then you're back to faith. Well, you know, yeah. the title says Nikarin Dibri Emes. There's a concept that when you hear truth, it resonates. We just read in this week's parsha. Moshe bowed down. Hashem passed over Moshe. As soon as Hashem passed to proclaim the 13 attributes of mercy, Moshe bowed down. Well, why did he bow down? 
Because he saw Midas Emes. He saw the quality of Emes. Emes, when you hear truth, it just hits home. It resonates. Even though I'm not there yet. I'm not fully there. I don't fully understand it. But, but you know, you can argue and you can think I believe this and you can think I believe that and you can convince yourself and delude yourself and this is my position. Like you're saying the example of Altruva. You lived your whole life and if someone would have told you a few while back that you're going to be putting on Philip and living a Jewish life, you'd say, never. It can't be. This is me. This is who I am. I know myself. I'm honest. I'm, uh, this is who I am and I'm true to myself and this is, this is what feels right. This whole... But then, when you heard Torah, you heard Hashem, you heard truth, and it just, it resonated. And you just bow down to it. Moshe, as soon as he heard, he bowed down. When you hear truth, you can't help but respond. It's beyond me, it's overwhelming, it's, overwhelming, it's beyond me. But you respond. That ability to respond to truth, that ability to bow down to truth, that ability to acknowledge truth, this is hoid. this is the quality of hoid. To acknowledge, to acknowledge something greater than me. And today, that attribute is completely atrophied. Because everyone is taught that you are the God, so there is no truth. There is no truth. There is nothing to bow down to. I don't worship anyone. I don't worship anything. I only worship myself. You worship yourself. <laughs> whatever makes sense to me, whatever, and that's it. There's nothing greater than me. You've atrophied one of the deepest, most profoundest qualities that we have within us, which is Hoyd, which is on the left side, right? Because everything today is about love and everything on the right side, but it's like a bird with one wing. He can't fly. You need two wings. The other, the left side, has been completely atrophied. Without hoid, without humility and the ability to bow down when you sense, when you feel, when you confront something superior to you, you acknowledge it. And you embrace it. And you accept it. There's no good word. There's no strength. There's no restraint. There's no awe. There's no... Right. There's no humility. There's no shame. Right. All The whole left side. That's why we have... That's why the world became so imbalanced. In Russia, all you had was the left side. <laughs> All you had was fear and awe and harshness and, and submission and subjugation. In the West, the exact opposite. Everything is love and everything is, everything is the right side to an extreme. But you need balance in life. To, have, to be a, a, a wholesome personality, you have to have a total balance of the two. So you have to have the quality, yes, the right, and you have to have the competitiveness and the ambition and the but you also have to have the restraint and the humility and the submission and the, the honesty and integrity which comes from in a way it comes from even a deeper place because it's egoless love is all self-expression it's me Kavura is forgetting about yourself really focusing on the other person Hoid, I'm admitting to something greater than myself so that ability to restrain yourself, that's, that's a, uh, a lost art in today's world. It's not even taught. It's not even as an attribute, as a virtue. But this is a very key part of life. When you confront truth, like Moshe. Moshe saw truth, he bowed down. 
you respond, you acknowledge, you humble yourself, you bow down. When you acknowledge the truth of Hashem and you acknowledge how transcendent and infinite and Hashem's perspective is completely different than our perspective. You acknowledge Hashem's perspective is superior than our perspective. And you're right and we're wrong. I don't fully understand it. It's not my position. It's not my opinion. It's not my, my heart because I don't feel it and I don't understand it. But my legs tell me this is right. And I bow down and I embrace it. I embrace the truth. And I live according. And eventually my understanding will catch up. And my feelings will catch up. So this is a very, very... Right? No one blushes anymore. It's a very, very key ingredient in, the, in, in life. The ability to be humble. To acknowledge that there is something greater than me and superior to me and transcendent, something greater than all of us put together and some of it transcends even the whole frame of reference of the universe is a perspective that's so much deeper than we can possibly comprehend and to acknowledge that. that that's the attribute of Hoyt. This is the godly soul expressing itself through the attribute of Hoyt, exclusively focusing on Hashem, admitting to Hashem. In this argument between the human perspective and the divine perspective to acknowledge the superiority of the divine perspective, the truth of the divine perspective, embrace it and to live accordingly. Who animates and creates everything and before whom everything is essentially non-existent and esteemed as truly nothing and no. Though we cannot apprehend just how everything is truly as no before him, Nevertheless, we acknowledge and genuinely concede that in absolute truth, such is the case. From the very depths of his soul, the Jew acknowledges that God's supernal dot and knowledge that everything is essentially non-existent before him is true, and that the mortal understanding of our inferior dot, that creation does indeed exist, except that it is nullified to Hashem, results from the limited compass of our earthbound perspective. This acknowledgement results from the self-abnegation expressed by the attribute of hope. So this comes from the egolessness, forgetting about yourself, expressed in Hoyd. So even though it's such a startling concept, such a novel concept, the idea that nothing exists besides Hashem, Hashem Echad, God is one, and we don't even exist, what do you mean I don't exist? It's the most, of course I exist. That's, that's the starting point. That's the foundation. That's the root. That's what I'm all about. It's all about my existence. Self-preservation, continuing my existence. What else am I all about? And to say, it's so startling, most people never even heard of this concept, that we don't exist. From God's point of view, we don't exist. Existence is nothing. It's as, it's as if we were never created. It's as if we don't exist. Hashem hasn't changed. It doesn't affect Hashem. It's so insignificant, it's completely insignificant. This is so mind-boggling, it's so revolutionary, it's so counterintuitive, it's so... that when a person first confronts it and hears it, it rings true because it's true. <laughs> so it resonates. It, it, you, it's like you're seeing truth. And you just bow down. You admit, I don't understand it. I can't wrap my mind around it. It's so... It challenges my whole assumption, the whole assumption, the underlying assumption of existence itself. It's challenging everything that I know about myself and existence and being and 
life and reality. But it, it's so, you know, you, you can't make it up. It's so, it's so real. You can't, you can't make up this stuff. This is so real. It just resonates. And you respond. The hoid and the godly soul responds and bows down. And you embrace it. And you live accordingly. Because in fact, that's the truth. That there's no other reality but Hashem. That means I have to live a godly life. A Torah life. A life filled with mitzvot. Because there is nothing else but Hashem. There's also um, an advantage to us because this then allows us to connect to God and uh, really feel close and as one. In a way, that's what he said, from the depth of the soul. In a way, this allows us to connect with Hashem to the very essence of Hashem. Because to connect with the levels of Hashem, so to speak, that where Hashem, the conscious levels of Hashem, that we can grasp and comprehend. So we're only connecting with the surface, the superficial levels of Hashem, where Hashem is projecting Himself. But how do you connect with the essence of Hashem? It's beyond comprehension. It's through this attribute of bowing down, subjugating ourselves. This is what creates the connection. Of course, when the king sees that you're bowing down, that creates a connection. If you're not bowing down, it means you have, then there's no connection because there's no relationship. There's no relationship between us and Hashem. So how could we connect with Hashem? It's only when we bow down and humble ourselves and submit ourselves that creates the connection. Now we're connecting with the essence of Hashem. So it's coming from the deepest depth of our souls, touching the essence of Hashem. So Moedim, yes, Haidah, bowing down is so profound even though it's self, self-abnegation, as he says, it's egolessness, it's humbling itself. But this is what touches, this is what reaches the deepest levels, this is what touches, connects us with Hashem, even greater than bracha, which is, Hashem is revealed to us. This is the superiority of haidah, that's what Yehuda stands for. Yehuda stands for bowing down, admitting. And then there's the level of Yehuda of Yehuda. Hoid Sheba Hoid. In other words, just admitting that I should admit. <laughs> Acknowledging that I should acknowledge. That's like the lowest level. Hoid Sheba Hoid. It's Lag Boimer. Lag Boimer is a level of Hoid Sheba Hoid. But that's the, that's the minimum level you need to have a connection with godliness. At least... You have the integrity to admit that I ought to be admitting. I ought to be bowing down. <laughs> even bowing down, I'm not even ready to bow down yet, but I'm ready to admit that I should be, be, be bowing down. So at least there's some acknowledgement, there's some openness. Without this, there's no openness. It's like the closing of the mind, it's the closing of the heart, it's the closing, shutting down of the person. And the person is so arrogant. A person is so self-centered and self-absorbed and arrogant that there's no opening. At least I acknowledge that I should acknowledge at least you're creating an opening. So there's some point of contact. I can make some contact. There's no opening. There's no self-abnegation. There's no egoless. There's no bittle. There has to be a minimal level of bittle. There's no bittle. There's no self-nullification, egolessness. At least a minimum to acknowledge that I should acknowledge then there's no point of contact. What, con- what connection do we have with Hashem? New Age. New Age is, is, 
ego itself. I'm not connecting with Hashem. I'm connecting with myself. Creating God in man's image. That's not God. But if you really want to connect with Hashem, God, the way God truly is, this is the minimum. It has to be acknowledged. Humbly. This attribute also includes the expression of gratitude to God for all the favors that He has bestowed upon us so that we should not be ungrateful, God forbid. So this is also the ability to be grateful and to be thankful, to appreciate. Hoid also is you acknowledge. To acknowledge that we are on the receiving end. We acknowledge everything that we have comes from Hashem. And therefore, we don't take anything for granted. So we thank Hashem. Hoyt also comes to the word to thank. Thanksgiving. We have a Thanksgiving holiday here in America. I don't know if you ever heard Washington's inaugural address. They play at, uh, what's that building across the stock exchange? Federal, federal building. Federal That's building, yeah. What? Sworn in there. Sworn in there, right. So it's amazing. And he speaks. That's what he, his whole theme is about gratitude. We have to give gratitude to God for divine providence. We so open divine providence. God guided us and, and guided us to this moment, give us the freedom to unshackle ourselves from the British and to give us the freedom. It's the ability to appreciate and to acknowledge. Instead of saying it's all my might and all my strength and I'm so clever and I'm so smart and to acknowledge Hashem put on the yarmulke and submit yourself and acknowledge give thanks thank you Hashem so every time we enjoy this world before we enjoy this world you have to make a bracha you have to give thanks you have to thank Hashem you don't take it for granted everything we have is a gratuitous gift and Hashem is giving us and we're receiving we are his guests and we're sitting around this table and this world we are guests in this world and everything that we have is a privilege all we have are privileges and we acknowledge it and we're thankful and we're grateful this attribute of being grateful appreciation this is a this is appreciate that everything comes from Hashem to constantly appreciate Hashem so you're constantly thinking about Hashem you recognize I'm breathing I exist I'm drinking I'm eating everything that I'm doing I'm alive everything that I'm doing I appreciate and I'm grateful and I'm genuinely thankful and grateful that's why it says when it comes to Moedim the whole community bows the head and we say Moedim why does the whole community have to bow the head a whole Shemun yesterday the cantor is saying the blessings and we answer Amen so let the cantor bow his head and we should say, Amen. Amen. No, everyone has to bow down then. Because when it comes to giving thanks, when it comes to expressing our gratefulness, everyone has to give their own thanks. We have to be grateful. It's not enough to say, Amen, to acknowledge someone else's gratefulness. We have to be grateful. We have to be thankful. We have to appreciate everything Hashem does for us. Don't take it for granted. And realize it's a gratuitous gift. And we have to constantly be thankful. That's why we say a hundred blessings every day. We're constantly thanking Hashem, blessing Hashem, acknowledging Hashem, being grateful for the gift. And that leads to a very good life. 
You know, when you're grateful and you're thankful, you're not spoiled. You don't take anything for granted. I need this, and I want that, and I need, I want. You're a guest. Be grateful and thankful for whatever your host is giving, and genuinely appreciate. So, so it, you, you, it leads, you know, you, you act like a mensch. You don't grab, you don't take. You don't grab something that doesn't belong to you. You don't take something that doesn't belong to you. You're grateful, you're thankful, you're humble, you're genuine. This is a key ingredient. But this is all very subtle. It all comes from an appreciation, from an egolessness, a certain humility. Move your ego on the side and really set. Acknowledge Hashem, be thankful for Hashem, express that thanks, and be grateful and truly appreciative for the gifts, everything that we have, all the privileges that we have in life, Hashem has given us. So, with His kindness. So, that's another aspect of Hayd. This attribute of Hayd also includes the offering of thanks to Hashem for all His praiseworthy deeds and His attributes and His workings in the emanation and creation of the upper and lower worlds. For they are praiseworthy to no end, and are becoming and befitting him blessed and exalted be he. The term Hyde is here to be understood as in the phrase Hyde Bahada, majesty and splendor. So he gives us three definitions of the word Hyde. One definition of the word Hyde is I admit you're right and I'm wrong. We submit ourselves to your truth. The other explanation is Hyde is Maidim. I thank you, I'm grateful, I acknowledge, I appreciate everything you're doing for us. And the third explanation of Hoid is beauty, Hoid and Hod, to appreciate Hashem's majesty and splendor. To realize how the world and Hashem's creation and the world of emanation and, 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 the world of, and all the upper worlds and the lower worlds, to really thank Hashem and to appreciate the beauty, the majesty, and the splendor. Because after all, all of this was really done for us. You know, when you realize why Hashem created this whole universe of angels and higher levels of consciousness and spirituality and the divine worlds of emanation and, and all of this was really created for us in order that we should have an awareness of Hashem an understanding of Hashem in order that we should have a feeling for Hashem a love for Hashem a sense of awe of Hashem that's why Hashem created this whole spiritual realms why did Hashem create the spiritual realms all that matters is the, the deed the action we live in the world of action Yet, Hashem did not just create the world of action. Hashem could have just created the world of action. Instead, He created this dazzling universe and its dazzling beauty and infinite brilliance and, and, and layers and levels and higher levels of consciousness and parallel universes, a whole commotion, a whole world. And it was really all done for our sake. That we should be able to experience, we should be spiritual. If there was no spiritual world, if there were no angels, if there was no world of emanation, we would be blind, deaf, and dumb. We could not 
begin to be aware and become grasp godliness, we would not be able to feel and experience godliness. It's only because of these this complex and infinitely complex worlds that Hashem has created and this whole tumult of the universe and the whole commotion of creation, the whole bureaucracy of creation Hashem has created. This enables us, allows us to be able to fulfill our mission, which is not just to do the mitzvah, but to do the mitzvah with feeling and understanding and awareness. So when you see the majesty and the splendor Hashem created this universe, which expresses Hashem's majesty and splendor, you're just in awe. You sit in awe of this majesty and splendor. And you beautify Hashem for this majesty and splendor. It's not the same as Teferis. What's the difference between Hoid, beauty, and Teferis, which is beauty? I think it has to do with harmonizing. You know, okay. To, to co- have compassion. You know, that's beautiful too. Right. So that, that harmony is the fairest. Right. That's the central one. But this is Hoyd. Hoyd is the left side. And Hoyd, he says, is also beauty. So, so it would seem to be that the fairest, it's more the the beauty of Hashem. Hashem being infinite. Hashem's transcendence. Hashem's being transcendent from the world. Hashem's infinite greatness. And that's why beauty is the harmonizing force. The combination of two colors or more. Because when you get to the level of the infinite level of Hashem, the undefined level of Hashem that's transcendent, you can reconcile opposites. You can bring two opposites together. Here he's talking more about the creation of Hashem. You're looking at the world that Hashem has created. And so he spells out, he says, when you realize the, his praiseworthy deeds, his actions, his attributes, his, his, uh, his workings in the world of emanation, in the creation of the upper and lower world, here you're looking at the dazzling world that Hashem created. And you're looking at the world and you see how beautiful the world is, how infinitely complex the world is, how many layers and levels, and it's just dazzling. So the focus is more on the actions of Hashem, on the handiworks of Hashem, on the results of His creation, the things that Hashem created, or the things that Hashem emanated and brought out from Himself. Not so much the focus on Hashem Himself, the focus is more on the, the beauty of His handiwork. It's like I can praise the artist or I'm praising the work of the artist. That's the difference. The Ferris is I'm praising the artist. I'm talking about the artist. Hoyd is, look at this beautiful handiwork that the artist made. It's, it's different. This is much more external. I'm not talking about the artist. I'm talking about the works of the artist. Ah, it's beautiful. But here... The Ferris is much more internal, it's much deeper. I'm focusing on the artist himself and the person, not the works of the artist. But nevertheless, at least I'm focusing on the beauty of the handiwork of the artist. I'm on Hashem's handiwork. Look what a beautiful world Hashem created. Look what a dazzling world Hashem created. It's all for our sake, all to enable us to be able to serve Hashem and to be able to have some relationship to Hashem. So this is also, it, it leads also to, they all enhance each other. It leads to submission. 
when you see Hashem's beautiful handiwork, you bow down. Like you said, we learned in the first part of Tanya, when you go in, you see everyone bowing down to the king, you also bow down to the king. I'm not focusing on the king. I don't even know what the king looks like. But I see everyone bowing down to the king. Oh, this must be the king. So I bow down. So here he's saying, when I see how beautiful the world is, and I see how infinitely complex the world is, how dazzling and multi-layered. So the whole world is serving Hashem. The whole world is bowing down to Hashem. I also bow down to Hashem. So it leads to humility. It's much more external. Tiferes' beauty is, is much deeper. It's from within. That's considered the upper, and that's why it's the central. It's the center. It's the harmonizer. This is the left side, hoid. It's egolessness. It leads to worship, to abnegation, to bowing down, to being humble, to be to acknowledge, to being appreciative, to being. So all of these, it's like a virtuous uh, circle. All of these, one enhances the other. One. And likewise, engaged in one's divine service is the attribute of Yisoyed foundation, as in the phrase that tzaddik is the foundation of the world. In the above analogy, it was by means of the attribute of Yosoid that the father communicated with his son and disciple through bonds of desire and pleasure. So too, in the realm of divine service, the attribute of Yosoid involves pleading to Hashem with intense desire and pleasure, so that one's soul is bound up with Hashem, the fountainhead of life, pleading to Him with an attachment and a desire out of a wondrous love and delight, all of which are expressions of the attribute so Yusoyed is connection, pleasure. It's deeper than just love. It's connection. Like in the physical male organ, it's connection, it's pleasure. The deepest, touches the deepest part within you. Intimacy touches the deepest part within us. It's pleasure, it's all-encompassing. It reaches into a very deep place. It cleaves. It's the connection. It's the pleasure. It's more than just loving Hashem, being connected like two separate things that you tie them together. It's cleaving, becoming one, inseparable, with such a pleasure, such a delight. In other words, it's it's serving Hashem with so much pleasure, with every fiber of you, being every bone in your body. It's it's like you become completely absorbed within Hashem. You become completely one with Hashem. You, you want to erase any differences. Just like in the act of intimacy, you want to erase any in- differences. You want to become one. You want to become as one as possible. You want to connect. You want to become inseparable. You, you, you erase any ego boundaries. You become completely one with Hashem. This is the uh, attribute of Yusai. That ability to make such a strong connection, to become so absorbed within Hashem, so much pleasure and so much just like he explained earlier in the natural sense when a father teaches a child there's a, there's a personal connection so that personal touch it's serving Hashem it's more than just serving Hashem it's serving Hashem with all the chemistry that comes with it. there's a love here more than just the love it's chemistry it's like a difference between a friend in Hebrew a chaver and a yedid you have a friend, then you have a best friend. I can have many, many friends. I like the person. We can talk. But a best friend, there's a chemistry there. Something, something intangible. It's, it's, it's just a, it's a soul connection. It's a connection that just it expresses itself in a thousand different ways. It's not one detail. It's, it's every part of me is just drawn to this person. 
it's not one detail, it's thousands of details. It's, 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 all encom- it's, a, it's a soul connection. It's something intangible. This is Yisoyed. Yisoyed is it's a foundation. It's, 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 sol- it's solid. It's, it's personal. It's, it's all-encompassing. It's pleasure. It's, it's intimate. It's, that's Yisoyed. So when you feel intimate with Hashem, you feel connected with Hashem, you feel absorbed with Hashem, you feel such a pleasure, such an intimacy, such a chemistry, such a all-encompassing that you can't stop thinking about Hashem. Can't stop thinking about it. it. Just, it just, you're thinking about Hashem with every fiber of your being, every bone in your body. You, you just, you just love Hashem so much. You just want to, want to cleave and connect and become completely one with Hashem. This is Yisait. This is the attribute of Yisait, is expressed in the godly soul exclusively in relationship with Hashem. So all of these, he's taking all of these human attributes that's found seven billion people and he's describing it in the godly soul, however, they are exclusively expressions of godliness. As for the divine soul's attribute of Malchut, the worshiper seeks thereby to accept upon himself the yoke of God's sovereignty and of his service, like the service of any servant to his master, that is, out of awe and Then you have the final attribute, which is Malchus. Malchus, I accept upon myself the yoke and the service of God. I'm a servant. I'm a soldier. I'm a servant. God is my master, and I am a servant. A servant would rather be free. A servant would rather serve himself which a servant accepts upon himself the yoke of his master and he submits himself to his master and I am your servant that becomes my identity I am your servant I serve at your pleasure I'm not a worker I'm not your worker I'm not a job 9 to 5 or 18 hour job I'm yours 24-7. I'm, I'm your servant and you're my master. Your wish is my command. Personally, I would rather not. I would rather be free. I'd rather just follow my own desires. I don't necessarily understand why you're commanding me to do so. And I don't understand what it's all about. But a soldier listens. A soldier doesn't ask questions. Well, you want me to do this? First, brief me, explain to me what's the logic, what's the strategy, what's the bigger picture, why are you sending me to my death, what's going on here? Uh, you ask questions, you're court-martialed. You're a soldier. When you sleep, you're a soldier. When you eat, you're a soldier. You're a soldier. In uniform, out of uniform, you're a soldier, 24-7. You're ready to jump up out of bed. You need at 3 in the morning, you're there. While you're asleep, you know that you can be woken up in an instant and you'll be ready in 10 seconds. You're ready to do what needs to be done. It's a commitment. This is malchus. Malchus is the ability to commit. The ability to devote yourself. The ability to make a commitment. And a commitment 
that you can depend on. You have to rely on that soldier 24-7. You can't be a soldier on Monday and then Sunday I'm, not, I'm on vacation. I'm a soldier. I'm ready. Whenever. Wherever. Under all circumstances. I'm ready. No questions asked. It's a solid commitment that you can always depend on. It's a rock of Gibraltar. A servant, a faithful servant. I'm a faithful servant 24-7. Whatever you need, whatever you want, I'm here. I'm ready. It's a commitment. The ability to commit. It's a special attribute. It's a special ability. This attribute of malchus, this attribute to commit in the godly soul is exclusively expressed in the commitment that we have to Hashem. That whether I understand, I don't understand, I appreciate, I don't appreciate, I'm in a mood, I'm not in a mood, I like it, I don't like it. Commit. I'm here. You can count it. The sun rises, and I'm here. I don't want to, I'm not in the mood, it doesn't change anything. I know I'm not in the mood, and I'm fighting it, I don't want to, but so what? It doesn't affect my commitment. My commitment is my commitment. This is really the foundation. Because if you don't have this, you can have all the noble attributes in the world. It's like quicksand. You can't build anything. Can you imagine building a building without a foundation? It's quicksand. It collapses. The moment there's the slightest wind, it's gone. Judaism is based on commitment. It's not new age, touchy-feely, you're in the mood, you woke up on the right side. That's not a life. Commitment, first and foremost. I'm committed. You can count on me. I'm dependent. Day in, day out. 24-7. Because I have committed myself. It's committing yourself. So even though it seems to be impersonal because my heart is not into it, my mind is not into it, I don't understand it, but it is, the commitment is very personal. It's a personal commitment. I'm committing myself to you. I'm your servant. I'm your soldier. I'm completely dedicated to you. It's total dedication, total devotion. In a way, it's even more impressive than the person who understands and who loves. Because, yes, you're here because you understand. You're here because you love. The moment you don't understand, the moment you don't love, you're out of here. While the person who doesn't understand and doesn't love and doesn't feel and doesn't have any any higher attributes, all he has is malchus. But you're dedicated, you're devoted. Total commitment, total dedication, total devotion. This is a foundation that you can build on. And that's the Jewish people. The Torah was received only when the Jewish people said, Nasa, we will do, and then we will listen. It was important that they said, first, Nasa, we will do, and only then we will listen. So you would think, Malchus, which is the lowest, is really, that has to be the first. That's the gateway. Without that, as we learned in chapter 41, the first part of Tanya, Without that, you have no connection to godliness. You don't have that commitment. That's why every blessing you make, you say, Baruch atah Hashem, Melech, God is my king. It's not enough to do the mitzvah, because I love the mitzvah, and I love it, and it feels so right, and it feels so good, and I'm inspired, and I'm in the mood. And it's just perfect. It's just so groovy. No, I do it because Melech, Hashem is my king. That's the foundation. Everything else comes later, built on that foundation. Then you have to love, and you have to feel, and you have to understand, and you have to. The nishma is important too, but the nishma has to come after the nasa. It's malchus, melech. God is my king. Doesn't malchus uh, 
be the end, uh, you know, the, the creation. You know, you think of Malthus as, you know, that's when the baby is born, the, the creation. Right, the separation. But, but you're, yeah. Separation. Creation is separation. God could only be king when there's a separation. Right. There's no separation. Exercising um, commitment, our commitment. Exactly, because when is God king? Only when there's a separation. If you choose to move your hand and your hand listens, obeys and moves, it doesn't make you king. If you listen to yourself, it doesn't make you king. Now, if you told me to move my hand and I move my hand, that would make you king. Someone else listens to you, that makes you king. So it's only when there's birth, it's only when there's separation, when there's creation, only then can God become king. Then we're separated from God and God commands us and we obey now we've coronated God as king. Mm-hmm. In heaven, before this separation, before creation, God can't be king over himself, and not even over his ministers. That a minister listens, that angels listen to God, doesn't make God king. It's we who are separated from God. And we have egos, and we're separated, and we obey, and we commit ourselves, and we devote ourselves to Hashem. We make God king. We coronate God as king of the universe. We're the only ones who can coronate God as king of the universe. Animals have no freedom of choice. Angels have no freedom of choice. We are the only ones who can coronate God as king. And that's the whole purpose of creation. That's what motivated God to create the world. We can give God something that he can't give himself. What's the one thing we can give God that he can't give himself? You can't be king over yourself. You can't marry yourself, no matter, even if you're God. <laughs> you're perfect. You can't marry yourself. We can make God married. We can coronate, if we willingly, God is not a dictator. He doesn't impose himself upon us. If we willingly choose to dedicate ourselves, to devote ourselves, to commit ourselves to God, we choose and we coronate God as king. As we learned at great length, chapter 41, lessons in Tanya.com. So this is the, the attribute of Malchus, very critical, very key, essential, fundamental. That's the gateway, that's the beginning of all to serve Hashem like a servant serves his master with a sense of awe. This class is part of the Lessons in Tanya project. More classes available at LessonsInTanya.com.